0: I have another question for you this morning. Who had a New Year's resolution to do something really stupid this year? What did he just say? How many of you on New Year's Day woke up and go, I'm going to do something really dumb this year? That sounds like a really good idea. Nobody really plans on doing stupid things. No one plans on making stupid decisions. We don't plan on doing dumb. But the problem is that sometimes we don't plan not to either. Sometimes we don't make a plan to not do dumb things. We're in a series called pre-decide. You know, the quality of the decisions that you make, God gave you the power to choose. You can choose life, you can choose death, you can choose to obey, you can choose to go your own way. You have a choice. That's something very, very valuable that God gave mankind. And so we have decisions to make and the quality of our decisions often determine the quality of our life. Deuteronomy 30 verse 19 says this, I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you, this is God speaking to Israel. He's just, he's given his law to them. He's making them his people. He wants to fulfill his promises in these people and he says this to them. Therefore, choose life. I'm setting this choice before you. It's a choice of life or death. It's a decision that you have to make. And then he encourages them, therefore choose life that you and your offspring may live. One of the things that we learn about early on as God is introducing himself to his people and he's making himself known and he's letting them know his ways, he's letting them know that there are blessing blessings and there are cursings in the world and he wants us to choose life. When we choose to operate in the will of God, when we choose to obey God, when we choose to follow His character and His nature and seek Him out, we open ourselves up to the blessings of His Spirit and His leadership in our lives. Not that everything always goes perfectly, but when we choose to disobey God and we operate outside of His will intentionally, we end up under a curse. And how many of you know that running from God is not particularly productive? There's a guy named Jonah that can tell you a story about that. The guy got swallowed by a fish. Wow. Anybody else been swallowed by I'd like to hear the story if you have. Okay. It's very powerful for us to decide before we're in a bad situation. We want to pre decide, and we make decisions based on our values. So if I value my sexual purity, I'm going to decide ahead of time to be pure before I'm in a situation where I'm tempted. Whatever my values are, I value generosity. So if I'm in a situation where I have the opportunity to be generous or I'm tempted to be stingy, I've already made up my mind that I'm going to be generous. I want to show you a a graphic this morning of the values that that we're going to be covering. Let's go to the next one, the I am graphic. I'll come back to that one. Thank you. These are the values we're going to cover and And last week, I kind of gave an introduction to this idea of the power of our decisions and deciding ahead of time before we're in a situation what we're going to do. And here are some values that we're going to talk about. I'm ready. If I decide that I am, this is my New Year's resolution, I am going to be ready. And that's what I'm going to talk about today. I'm going to be consistent this year. I'm going to be devoted. I'm going to be generous. I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to be a finisher. I'm going to finish the things that I start. Maybe these, maybe these kind of are connected to some of your New Year's resolutions or ways that you would like to grow this year. When we decide our values, it makes, us, makes it much easier to make a decision. When we're not clear what our values are, if I go back to my example of I'm not sure if I care that much about my sexual purity, how much more likely am I to fail when I'm faced with a temptation? Much more likely. I want to pre-decide my values so that when I end up in a situation... I know what to do. Let's go to that slide, Johnny, with those blanks. When I'm faced with blank, I have pre-decided to blank. Whatever situation, you might might not anticipate it, maybe you do, but surely I know that in some way, shape, or form, I'm going to be tempted in ways this year. There are things that are going to tempt me. I might be tempted to be angry. I might be tempted to curse somebody. I might be able to, I might be tempted to look at some online material I shouldn't be looking at. I might be tempted to yell at my kids when I shouldn't. I might be tempted to not tell the truth when I'm in a tight situation. But if I value something ahead of time and I decide ahead of time, when that moment arrives, I know what I'm going to do. When my values are clear, my decisions are easier. Today I want to talk about being prepared. Have you ever caved in? You know what I mean by cave? Have you ever caved? You just cave in. Okay, let's just start with something real nice. You decided to go on a diet right before Christmas, which probably wasn't very smart, and some one of your coworkers brings some chocolate cake into the office. I'm imagining Big Sky Brokers or one of these places where there's a lot of people in and out. Maybe you work at the hospital and certain department, and they bring this food in. There's the chocolate cake right there on the counter I decided I'm going to be on this diet, and I walk walk by it, and I, oh, good thing I'm on a diet. Good thing I'm strong. And then the doctor gets mad at you. I'm not giving a real-life example or anything of our world. My wife works at St. Pete's. Or somebody, some real estate deal falls through, or maybe you're on the job site, and you cut your finger and hit your thumb with a hammer, and had a really bad day and shot yourself through the hand with a nail gun. Anybody ever done that? it hurts. All of a sudden, that chocolate cake is looking a lot more tempting. I'm going to cave in. Are we ready? Were we prepared? 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 13, be on your guard. Be on your guard. Stand firm in the faith. Be courageous. Be strong. Why does the Bible need to encourage us in this? Why does Paul have to write this to the Corinthians? Because we have the opposite tendency. We let our guard down. We get weak. We cave in. We wear down. When Jesus was going into the garden right before his crucifixion to pray in Matthew chapter 26, he says this, Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. Doesn't the Lord's Prayer, as we call it, say that? Deliver us not into temptation, but deliver lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Jesus says, "Don't be pray that you won't enter into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak." Sometimes when we stop and think like this, we realize that there are multiple facets to who we are. We aren't just our mind, and we aren't just our emotions. Sometimes the two are at war. My my spirit is like I'm going to stand strong, and my flesh is going give up. And you've got, to, you've got to resolve. You've got to be strong. You've got to be courageous. You've got to have made up your mind that I'm going to stand when this difficult time comes. I want to be prepared. I need to be prepared. But why? We want to be a people who are ready. I am ready. I'm ready for this year. I'm ready for the temptations. I'm ready for the struggles. I know they're going to come. Hey, I don't know if you know this. It's an election year. You need to pre-decide some things about how you're going to behave and how you're going to talk this year. You're going to destroy the cause of Christ for the sake of your opinions? You're going to get caught up in all the rhetoric and the anger and the vile hatred going on in this nation? You're going to pre decide. It's going to be a hard year. I'm telling you right now, I know I'm going to have a hard year in an election year in a church. Period. I know it. So, what am I going to pre decide? Things like I'm going to be gracious. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick to the truth of the gospel. I'm going to hold the gospel in highest regard. I'm going to hold the truth of scripture firmly as I navigate these difficult circumstances and how to manage them. We have to decide these things before they happen. Why do we have to do that? We have an enemy. Did you know that? You actually have an enemy. You know, if you're in combat, you need to be ready. Ready? right? You need to be ready all the time because anything could happen at any moment because it's a very real thing that you have an enemy who has weapons, missiles, guns, whatever, and they're coming after you 24-7. You got to be ready. But in the Spirit, we also have an enemy. Second Corinthians chapter 2 verse 11, Paul's giving instruction to them again, so that we would, okay, he's got this whole uh, bunch of verses before this that are worth looking at that we don't have time to cover today, but What's he saying? So that we would not be outwitted. He's actually talking about forgiveness here, just to give you some context. We need to be forgiving each other. By the way, it's an election year. Did I mention that already? (laughs) We need to be forgiving each other. There needs to be some grace. Why? Because we have an enemy who wants to outwit us by dragging us into bitterness, by dragging us into division, by dragging us into other kinds of temptation. Whatever the issue is, We don't want to be outwitted by him. We are not ignorant of his designs. He has designs. See, I I don't really think of Satan like a little red guy with a pitchfork and a fork tail or pointy tail anymore. He's a spirit being, a powerful one, and has an entire army at his disposal, and he wants to destroy God's people. He wants to do everything he can to hurt God. He knows his time is limited. That can be hard in our modern scientific thinking to believe, but you do have an enemy. He's very evil, and he has designs. We want to be ready. I'm not saying that so that you be afraid. You don't have to be afraid, but you do need to be wise. It's very important to understand this and know this. As if we don't get enough trouble on our own, right? I don't, <laughs> I'm totally capable of causing enough trouble. I don't need a devil in my life. Thank you very much. J.R. is quite capable of making a big enough mess on his own but besides that i also have an enemy so i'm i in my own flesh i'm already tempted by all kinds of things i want to cave into my emotional outburst or i want to be stingy with my money you know all these things whatever you can think of i mean even think about that what are your weaknesses often we're really good at telling you what our weaknesses are we have a harder time telling you what our strengths are don't we I'm sure they can come to mind very quickly for you, understanding what your weaknesses or propensities are, if you don't ask your wife. We, have a, we, just, we get in so much trouble on our own, plus we have an enemy. What, what? We need to be ready when the moment arrives that we're tempted or we're struggling. I want to tell you about something called restraint bias. Never heard of this word till this week. Do you know what restraint bias is? Does anybody have any idea? Restraint bias is, it, it's, there's a lot of studies on it. It's the, it's the idea that people think they're stronger than they are. People think they can resist more than they can actually resist. We aren't always as strong as we think we are. Oh, Jerry, you talk about the online stuff I shouldn't be looking at. That's not a problem for me. I can resist that if it comes my way. I'm, I'm never going to get mad at my wife. We're never going to have an argument I'm too, I'm too strong for that. I'm not going to cave in. I'm not going to get wound up emotionally and snap and lose my temper about something or get grumpy. I'm not tempted by that. I'm not tempted to... St- I, I think you need to be careful about how strong you really think that you are. I, um, well, we'll look at a few passages, but one thing that... Uh, there are some things that I, I just... I'm not tempted by. Like So if, if you're in this room and you have an issue with gambling... Uh, it's a very real addiction. It's a big problem. It's a very big problem. But it's, for me, it's one of those things like, I don't get it. But, and so I'm, I'm okay talking about it, but I know in the back of my mind, I better be careful. Because I might think it's not a thing, and I'm not tempted by it, and I'm not going to have any issues. And, and I have an enemy that might go, oh, was that a dare? That happens. And the Bible gives us some instruction 1 Corinthians 10, verse 12. Therefore, anyone who thinks that he stands, take heed lest he fall. I stand. I always stand. I never fall. I'm not that weak. Be careful. Just be careful. I'm glad that you're strong. I'm glad that you have that much confidence in yourself. That's good. But just be wise. Be careful. Don't put yourself in situations where you might suddenly fall, unbeknownst to you. Didn't see it coming. Wasn't ready. Are we ready? When pride comes, then comes disgrace, but with the humble is wisdom. You've probably heard it said like this, with pride comes a fall. If I get, have you heard that before? Maybe that's kind of an old school saying, but with pride comes the fall. What happens? I start kind of thinking I'm all that and a bag of chips and nothing's going to get to me. That's about the time I'm tempted and I fail. The Bible is very clear about this. Don't be proud. With humility comes wisdom. Be wise. Be ready when you're facing temptation. Galatians chapter 6 verse 1. Brothers, if anyone is caught in a transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. This is a beautiful verse. Beautiful verse. So if if you've failed at something, if you've totally screwed up, and you want to make it right, there there are those around you that can come alongside you and help you get restored, help you get healthy again, help you find forgiveness. You don't need to hide in shame. You don't need to run out the doors of the church. Be in community that you would be gently restored. But he also gives this, keep watch on yourself lest you too be tempted. When you put yourself in a situation of working with somebody that's really struggling with stuff, you start thinking about the same stuff. And you might also be tempted. Be wise, be ready. Uh, I just, I love that the heart of God and his gospel is this restoration and gentleness. The Bible is very clear. If someone is unrepentant and just not interested in changing, then you can break off that relationship. But if one of my friends comes to me and they're like, "Jared, I am really struggling. I'm having a heart, I'm stealing penny candy every time I'm at the, great- at the General Merck and I just can't quit. And I need to ask forgiveness. Do I need to come up with something more serious? Jar? I failed this week, and I looked at pornography on the internet. I'm ashamed of myself. I hate myself. Why do I keep... What can we do? In in the kingdom of God, we can go, let me come alongside you, brother, and gently restore you. Let me be a part of that. But I also need to be careful. I got to be on my watch. I got to be on my guard, because all of a sudden, I'm contemplating all the issues this other person has, and I'm tempted. Because I'm weak. I'm not as strong as I think... That I am. You know, we're like this a lot, aren't we? we man, we're going to be strong. We go into work and we deal with the big decisions and the grumpy coworker. I don't ever have any of those. And whatever issues come away, I'm, like, oh, I'm getting through this like a champ. I resisted the temptation to fail all day. And then I get home and I'm wore out and I'm grumpy. Nobody better tick me off now. My, I wear to, Temptation wears you down. How how many years have you been alive? How many years have you been alive? Do you know how long your enemy's been around? (laughs) A lot longer than you. Pretty good at this game. You will wear down with temptation. How do we be ready? How do we navigate those circumstances? Does anybody have a roll of yellow tape? Oh, there's one right there! Oh, how what a know? coincidence! <laughs> Joel, did you bring that to church with you today? I had a Mom had it in her purse, didn't she? She's got everything in there. <laughs> so here's what we do. We're talking about temptation. We're talking about being ready. We want to. We want to resist. This. This is my example for me. Okay, I meet this beautiful girl from Calispell. She's beautiful, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, she is. And. She looks good, and she smells good, and her hair smells good, and she dresses so nice, and she talks so sweet, and she sings so sweet. Like, okay, I'm liking this girl. How much can I get away with? Do I I just got to hold, can I hold her hand? Can I smell her hair? (laughs) Can I, what do I, draw me a line. Give me a line. Cheap duct tape. It's cold. (laughs) Pastor Brian, who was my pastor, just tell me where the line is because I want to get away with as much as I can get away with. (laughs) This is what we do. Just define the line for me and I'm going to get as close to it as I can. I don't believe that consuming alcohol is sin in and of itself, but it can be. I don't believe food is sin, but it can be. I don't. I don't believe that sex is sin, but it can be. How close can I get to this line? Let's to lean over a little bit. Can I kiss her? Is that all right if I do that? Can I cross that line? We draw this line. Give me the line. Define for me what it is and how close can I get. But the problem with this thinking is that this is a cliff. And. As you mature in your relationship with Christ, you come to understand that God's not so much about just having a list of sin and not sin. God is very much about the transformation of the heart. Sin doesn't work like just a black and white checklist that you check. Sin in and of itself is like an antithesis of God's character. How close can I get to being not like God and still be in relationship with God? Do I look silly or something? (laughs) Because that's what we do. This is my first encouragement to you in dealing with temptation and being ready. Move the line. Move the line. I've got daughters that are in dating situations. And I'm not going to call out their boyfriends or anything right now and embarrass them. (laughs) But you have to have have these conversations. No, you're not staying the night at their house. No, you're not going to be there till 2 in the morning. We're going to start. I know the line technically is here you know in Romans it says that for one man it was sin to eat the meat and for the other guy it wasn't? Remember we've talked about this many times? It's not that simple. It's, the situation is not that black and white. You know, it might be okay for me to have a beer and it might not be okay for you. You understand what I'm saying? It's not, not that simple. We need to move the line. If you're an alcoholic, you don't go hang out at the bar. Is it sin for you to hang out at the bar? Pretty close. Why? Because you're putting yourself in a situation where you're you're putting yourself in a tempting situation. Move the line. Make decisions like, I'm not going to a bar because I'm an alcoholic. I'm going to put the line back here. Move the line so that I'm ready. I don't want to be tempted. I don't want to be stressed out trying to resist at the very edge of making a massive mistake. Do you hear me? We need to move that line. We need to decide ahead of time. Think about this. If a pilot is going to fly a plane somewhere, he doesn't sit in the cockpit before you're ready to go. You would be really uncomfortable with this. What is the minimal amount of fuel I can get away with and still get to my destination? (laughs) Is that a dumb idea or what? I'm not going to live my life like that. What can I possibly... See, here's what we think, especially when, you're, when, you're, when I was younger anyway, I thought like this. I still want to enjoy my life, and God's boring, right? So I got to just be in the gray area so that I can have some fun but not make him too mad. I just want to balance that line. That's, that's not understanding who God really is. There's so much, the joy of the Lord and the power of the Holy Spirit, and what God does in our lives brings so much more satisfaction than pushing the edge of failure. We want to be ready. We want to be back away from that edge. Some of you have a gift of spending. Anybody have the gift of spending? Money, I mean. I'm good at it. Okay, but if I'm I'm tempted by, I hate and love Amazon. I hate going into stores. Hate's a strong word. Yeah, I hate going into stores. <laughs> so Amazon is like a blessing to me. You mean I can just push this button and someone will <laughs> deliver it to my door? I hate it when it ends up at the post office. Because then i got to go down there and get it. How irritating. Okay, but I, 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 I'm kind of teasing. I do like to spend money. Once in a while, I do some retail therapy. But if I have an issue with that, i got to make some decisions about how much time I'm spending on Amazon. Or what my budget is or how much money I'm going to spend. I might have to give my Amazon password to Jenny. Oh, that would be awful. That would be awful. I'd never spend anything. It would be tragic. I think you get my point. What if, what if you're a young person and you're clubbing all the time? Because that's a big thing in Helena, right? <laughs> going to the clubs. And, and what happens when you're out there? Drinking and dancing and pretty soon, why do we have a hookup culture today? Okay, I don't, there's nothing wrong with dancing. There's, there's nothing wrong with going out and having a good time, but man, you got to watch it because you're putting yourself, you have to know you, you have to know your boundaries, you have to know where you can go. And if you're going to make up your mind, I, I want to be sexually pure, I want to I wait for the person that God has for me, then you might have to make some decisions about moving the line. Don't go to the clubs anymore. Is that sacrificial and hard? Yes, it is. But you might have to do that because you're going to, remember, we go back, choose, the, choose life or death. I put before you today the choice of life or death. Choose life. God's saying to you, choose life. And do I trust him that, but it was so fun and I, it was just, it satisfied my flesh in so many different ways. I want to keep doing that. But I'm believing that God has something better, something more holistically satisfying than caving into temptation every weekend. I'm going to have to draw some lines so that I can live the life and be who I want to be and who I think God has made me to be. Here's my next piece of advice. Magnify the cost. Consider the consequences. Magnify the cost. Realize the cost. I'm going to be really vulnerable with you right now. Um, In fact, so vulnerable, I almost decided not to share this with you today. But you, most of you know my story of becoming a father at 17 uh, in an unplanned situation. Uh, I can go back to the 16-year-old JR or just, just turned 17 and not considering the cost, not magnifying the cost, not realizing the power of the decision I was about to make. Okay, I ended up in a, in a sexual situation with a person I was not dating. This was... Hookup culture really wasn't as much a thing in those days. But I was 16, just turned 17, and it happened, and she was pregnant one time. It only takes once. One decision. Now, God has worked this out for my good. I love my daughter Kylie. I love how he's led us. But let me tell you, it is not an ideal way to start out life. It wasn't ideal for me coming into adulthood, it wasn't ideal for her being born into this situation with a father who's still a kid, it wasn't good. The consequences of that decision, I wouldn't, take, I wouldn't change it. How could I do that now? I have a child that I love and a grandchild that I love. wouldn't change it. But I'm telling you, the consequences, and you know this too, the consequences of your decision can be exponentially larger than you think. You know how much fun I got made of my senior year of high school? Because you got that girl pregnant? She wasn't even your girlfriend. You know? How much trust did I lose? Reputation, how much of my own future changed? At that point in time, I thought it was bad. I trust God with it now. Did you start your New Year saying, "I'm going to go out and have an affair this year." Seems like a good idea? No, count the cost. What's the worst-case scenario? You lose trust. You you ruin a marriage? People do recover from adultery. They really do. It happens a lot. A lot of marriages survive that. But it ain't easy. You want to walk through that? Nobody plans on that. Nobody's anticipating that. It just happens because we're not ready and we haven't pre-decided how we're gonna behave and function. But if you will not do so, behold, you have sinned against the Lord, and be sure your sin will find you out. This is an uncomfortable passage. It doesn't stay hidden. Even if you take it to your grave, it still comes before the Lord someday. Think about your decisions before you make them and the consequences of them. Hey, I think I'm going to go bankrupt this year. Sound fun? If you don't plan, if you're not thinking about, that can happen. Number three, in terms of advice that I have for you today, plan the escape. I want to look at Joseph in the Bible. How many of you know the story of Joseph? Joseph. My wife says I'm a lot like Joseph. It says here that he was well-built and handsome. She's she's never said that in her life. I'm just sort of milking it a little bit here. Genesis chapter 39, verses 6 and 7. So he, being Potiphar, left all that he had in Joseph's charge. And because of him, he had no concern about anything but the food he ate. Now Joseph was handsome in form, and appearance. And after some time, his master's wife cast her eyes upon Joseph and said, Sleep with me. Okay. Joseph is a young man. He's been given a lot of responsibility over a powerful man's estate. And the man's wife casts her eyes upon Joseph. She begins to desire him. Now, I don't. I, I don't even want to joke about this, but guys, seriously, if you were in Joseph's shoes, if you were in Joseph's shoes and a woman threw herself at you that blatantly, that black at least she's clear, you can't blame her there. She's communicated her intention. How many guys would be able to resist that because they've already decided they're going to remain pure before God? Not very many. But Joseph had decided, think about it. Joseph could have been like, nobody's in the house. The Bible even says nobody was around. Joseph could have gotten away with it because nobody would have known. Hey, she offered. She's the one that made the move. Not my fault. What else? Joseph had been sold into slavery. His brothers went to his dad and said he's dead when actually they'd sold him into slavery. Joseph could have said, I've been wronged my whole life. It's God's fault that I'm here. I don't owe him anything. I'm giving in to this temptation. How many times do our disappointments become our excuses for disobedience? We're discouraged. God didn't didn't order my life the way I wanted. I mean, there's a lot of conversation we could have there about whether or not you actually submitted it to him. and, And bad things happen to good people too, don't they? We know that's true. You make excuses. Joseph had every reason to make an excuse. He didn't. He resisted and resisted and resisted. Okay, this didn't happen just one time. Finally, one day, she tries, I I don't know how often uh, sexual assault occurs from a woman to a man, but this is a situation. She grabs his coat, like, come on, let's go. Guys, think about how strong... And resolved, Joseph had to be, he slipped out of his coat and ran out of the house trying to get away from her. That takes a strength, a value, a I've decided I'm going to honor God. Day after day, she did this to him. Now at this point, he escapes. He comes out of the house. She says, he tried to rape me. Because now she's found out. I mean, the guy runs out of the house in his underwear probably. It looks pretty bad for Joseph. He ends up in prison. He honored God. He did the right thing. He's as strong as any man I've ever read about in the Bible. A lot better than most of them that I've read about. And he still ends up in prison. But he trusted God. He ended up being the second in command under Pharaoh, the ruler of Egypt. God, God brought the whole thing together in time. But Joseph's principles were right. You guys, God is faithful when you're tempted, he's faithful. First Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond your ability, but with the temptation will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. Sometimes we do need to escape. We don't just stand there on the line and endure it. We need to, what, what, what's the word? We need to dip, dodge, get away. What do the kids say? Get out of here. Never mind. Is it dip? Thank you. I'm cool now, right? Young people? No, you're making it worse. (laughs) It's like, Dad, don't say that. There is a way. No one plans to mess up, but few plan not to. In whatever ways you're tempted to fail, decide your values now. Be ready. I had a pastor friend, and, and when he was younger, you know, this was before the internet, because they had adult material on TVs and hotel rooms, he would have the hotel people remove the TV from the room before he went to stay someplace by himself. Why? He just moved the line. I just don't even want to deal with the thought or the temptation get it out of my room. And the hotel people think you're weird, so what? Sometimes we have to make decisions like that. Sometimes you got to make a decision. You're going to put a software or something on your computer to help you deal with. I don't even want to deal with the temptation. It's, it's not available to me. I tell you what, you young guys, you know how to get around these things. That's what old guys don't. But you young guys do. You know how to work the angles. You know how to sneak and keep these things hidden. I want to tell you don't. Please don't. Make a decision of what you value you will set your course so much better in the days ahead right. if you want if you again i want to tell you young guys this and girls too if this is an issue for you because actually a significant percentage of women struggle with pornography don't hide it come talk to me or talk to somebody you trust i get it guys get it they understand the temptation and the challenges i would much rather have it out in the light and talk to you and help you through it than have you keep it hidden in the dark to continue to be tempted, to continue to feel guilty, to continue to go through that terrible self-destructive cycle. Okay? Rabbit trail over. What if you're hanging out with people that gossip a lot? I hate gossip. hate it. It's so destructive. And you go to this group to have tea every week and all it is is a gossip session. Maybe you've got to make a decision to separate yourself. I, I use the substance abuse thing so many times already today. You don't, you don't know, say don't give a drunk a drink. Don't go to a bar if you struggle with alcoholism. In fact, if you're even going into a bar, I would ask, when and why? (laughs) Not that it's wrong, but be careful. Be wise. I want to wrap up with this. A couple more thoughts for you. Why would I resist temptation in the future that I have the power to eliminate today? Why would I resist temptation in the future? Why would I put myself... In that situation when I can deal with it today. Decisions based on emotions in the moment are usually not nearly as good as decisions made on values. The last thing is this. If you has anyone made a mistake before? Anyone made a bad decision? Anyone feeling a little bit guilty as I'm talking through some of these things today? I am. I've made a lot of bad decisions in my life. Here's the good news: Jesus Christ said. I am the way, the truth, and the life. He has forgiveness for you. He has grace for you. He has mercy for you. He wants to bring transformation into your life, no matter what decisions you've made. Sometimes we think of God like an angry guy with a checkbox in heaven. Jesus is right here. His spirit is in this room wanting to reach you, restore you, encourage you, strengthen you. He says in Matthew, 18, uh, Matthew 11, 28, come to me all who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. Could you use some rest for your soul? The anxious, broken, shameful, fearful, whatever it is in your soul, he has rest for you. He has grace for you. The most important decision you can make in your life is your decision about Jesus. What am I gonna do about Jesus? Would you stand please? Make a decision for Jesus. I encourage you. Decide what your values are. Submit your life to him. He has a grace and a mercy for you. If, if you, if you want to make a decision for Jesus today, please come talk to me after the service or talk to somebody that you came with. You're like, it's time. I'm tired of living on this line. Actually, I'm tired of living over here in destruction. I want to move towards life. I want to do like, Jesus, like God said to the Israelites, choose life. I want to choose life and no longer be on this road of destruction. I would encourage you, make that decision for Jesus today. I would love to pray with you. I'd love to talk with you about that. Any of our staff would, our elders would, whoever you came with would. I would encourage you to do that this morning. Let's pray. Lord, thank you that you rescued us, a people who have made poor choices from day one, choosing not to obey living in a self-destructive cycle or difficult lives or caving into temptation regularly. God, you came that we would have life and have it abundantly. You came that we would be transformed by the renewing of our minds as it says in Romans. God, I pray that the transformational power of your Holy Spirit would be moving through this place today. God, that you would be bringing conviction but also grace. God, that you would be bringing that loving sensation of a father who goes, I know, son, I'm here to help. I'm here to help you. I'm here to love you. I'm here to help you chart the next phase of your course. Lord, we think of all the things that we are tempted by and struggle with and weak towards. Lord, we submit them to you. Say, God, help us be strong. Help us decide ahead of time. Help us be wise in our ways. If you would like to receive prayer, more prayer this morning, We have a prayer team over here. They would love to pray with you. You don't have to air out all your dirty laundry. Just go up there and say, please pray for me. They'd love to pray with you this morning. God, we honor you today, and I pray you bless each one as they go. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I hope you have a great rest of your week, and we'll see you here next Sunday.